Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to the Absolutely Not Podcast, where we do the most and the least at the same damn time. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the Absolutely Not Podcast. I'm your host, Heather McMahon. I hope everyone is having just a wonderful, you know, fresh start to the year. I know we're week two in and we're doing it. I refuse to let the negativity take over us. We are going to continue to do amazing things this year. It took a little time, though. I got away. Got away for the weekend. Went down to my favorite spot, Weimar and the Turks and Caicos. And before you ask, no, it's not a fucking timeshare, Glinda. It's not. It's just a place that's dear to my heart. It's not, Glinda. It's not a timeshare. Don't ask me if you can have a timeshare. We don't do that. Talk about a scammer. We're not timesharing. I don't really understand how timeshares work, but I feel like whenever you go to Myrtle Beach, you you always leave with a timeshare. (laughs) Like, even if you were just driving through, even if you're like a a trucker, right? You're not even near the beach. You stop at a roadside, put some air in your tires, get a quick cat nap, maybe a shower and a snack. And then the next thing you know, this cross-country trucker who's bringing supplies to Walmart, he's like, I fucking left this, you know, this sit-go on the, on the side of 85 with a fucking timeshare. He didn't even want one. You always end up with a timeshare in Myrtle Beach. But anyways, we've been going down to the Turks and Caicos since basically they had limestone roads. I mean, they still have limestone roads, but my late father, you know, was a part of a development down there and and that's our spot. And we love going down there and it's, it's just our happy place. You know, some people have a house in Florida. A lot of you Georgia birds love a, love a damn house on a lake. You know, it's a two hour flight from Atlanta. We just hit the, we hit that, we hit that gorgeous sand and that crystal blue water and that's our spot. So anyways, Jeff and I went down there for a couple of days uh, just to get away, to have a nice little romantic restart to the year. And I'm very excited for this episode because I get to bring in my very own Puerto Rican stallion, as I like to call him, my dear friend Jorge. And Jorge is the GM, the head bitch in charge, uh, all of the things down at our spot, uh, Waimara. And if you've seen the show White Lotus, all right, on HBO Max, the general manager from White Lotus, this is Jorge's job. Now, granted, things are not dramatic at Waimara because honestly, once you get down to paradise, it's just people are having a good time. But Jorge has been in the, he has been in the the hospitality industry, the hotel industry for, you know, years and years. 
And every time we get together, we spend so much time with them down in the Turks. We get together, we have a couple glasses of rosé, and we just giggle about the crazy stories and the things that he's seen through the year. And so he also is, you know, freshly on the, the single side. So I said, Hori, let's throw you on the podcast. I want to hear some more stories. And let's talk about what it's like to be dating on an island. So I'm not going to ramble too long. We'll get him in here in just a second. But I'll tell you what. I saw, I I witnessed something in the airport that just really blew my tits off. There was a woman checking into an Air Canada flight. Now, this is us yesterday leaving, okay? We're leaving. You know, I don't know what it is about leaving vacation or paradise, right? All of a sudden, you just, you're overwhelmed by the sense of anxiety, the sense of shit, I'm back to the real world, which in all reality, of course, you can, it's fair enough to be anxious about going back to work, but- Listen, I live in Atlanta. I have a blessed life. It's not like I'm going to, you know, war-torn the middle of the Congo and and I got to worry about, you know, a child with a sword coming at me. I live a very blessed life. But there was just such an overwhelming sensation of anxiety and and animosity towards everybody in the airport yesterday. Now, these island airports, the airport in the Turks is tiny. There's a woman, though, checking into her Air Canada flight right next to us at the Delta desk. So She's checking into Air Canada And the first thing I clock is she's got five kids with her. I don't see somebody else there with her. She's got five kids. They're all teens. I said the youngest is maybe 10. And this woman's, all of her children look like Avril Lavigne. Boy or girl, they're all dressed like a skater boy. Skater girl, you know, some 41, Blink-182, Newfound Glory. They've all got that really nice, you know, just goth, a little goth, but also a lot of punk rock. They should be at Vans Warped Tour for sure. So she's already traveling with a full fucking punk band. And I noticed this woman, she looks a little road hard, put away wet, and she's got a deep V t-shirt on, no bra. Now, I'm not hating you. I don't like to wear a bra on vacation either. But when you're at the airport and you've got a deep V on in front of your, not even in front of your children, fuck it. They're your kids. They sucked on your titty once. What I'm just saying is for the rest of us, you know, just titties are popping. Just titties are out. He could hit you in the face. So she's arguing with one of her kids and, you know, she's just like, shut the fuck up, Tim. Shut the fuck up. And I'm like, listen, I've been there before. My mom told me to shut the fuck up once in an airport. And, but you know, I, I actually live with the fear of God. The fear of God and the fear of Robin is the exact same level of fear. And, but this kid's like talking back to her. So then we get in the security line. And this woman's maybe 20 people in front of us. She and her son start arguing so bad that the people around them now start yelling at this woman. And mind you, of course, I'm trying to see what the drama is. I saw what was happening back at the Air Canada counter, but now I'm like, oh shit, little Timmy and her are like about to brawl. Mind you, Jeff is just focused on the titties. Bada bing, bada boom, back and forth, bebopping. I mean, she, this woman is such a deep V, you know, a nipple is just popping out of the top about every 30 seconds. So this woman, I can hear this other woman telling the woman with no bra on, you don't need to talk to your kids that way. Like, like, how dare you? Like, da, 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 da. So these two moms, she's like, you're a mom, you should get it. And I'm like, listen, I'm going to back out of this situation because I'm not a mom, all right? I don't have a, a horse in this fight a fetus in this fight, if you will. Now, mind you, I'm holding some to-go food and I got this gorgeous mozzarella tomato avocado salad with arugula, some fresh sweet corn on it, some nice toasted cashews. It's got a basil vinaigrette and I'm bobbing and weaving, looking up, looking down, trying to like not seem like I'm trying to get every bit of the tea, but I am fully engaged into this fight that's happening in the security line. Now, mind you, the island guys who are down there running security are like, let the white women figure it out. You know what I mean? Like I clock out of the corner of my eye, one of the security guards who just like this gorgeous Turks and Caicos man. And he's like, if you think I'm getting involved, like 
the eye contact that we both made with each other, he was like, dude, do you see this? And he literally crossed his arms, sat back and goes, you think I'm going to get involved with these two white women? No, I, I am. Listen, bitch, I've seen this shit happen in a vacation line before. And he sits back and Jeff and I are cracking up because we're like, let him fucking go. Let these women go at it. Now, mind you, I got this salad in a to-go box. I'm ready to sit down right before my flight, wolf down the salad. But because I'm bobbing and weaving salads in the right hand, this thing gets shaken loose in my bag. Next thing you know, I got a full thing of basil vinaigrette seeping through this bag. Seeping. I'm talking when, and so I reach down underneath. I'm like, oh my God, I'm dropping my salad. There's, when I say that there's basil vinaigrette from head to toe at this point, because I don't realize it's all over my hand. I go to wipe my hair away so I can get a better view of the fight that's happening in front of me. Now I've got green basil vinaigrette all over my forehead. It's all over my passport. It's down my shirt. And I'm looking at Jeff. I'm like, I don't want to leave this line to throw away this salad. I was so excited about this salad, but I got to see what happens with this fight. These women are exchanging words back and forth. The little kid Timmy's not telling the other woman like, fuck you. I'm like, damn, Canadians are crazy. And I'm just like, this is so wild. If you're trying to supplement that health and wellness this year, I got you, okay? I'm talking about ritual vitamins. You know, gaps in the diet shouldn't be ignored. Over 97% of women ages 19 to 50 are not getting enough vitamin D. Told you I got some blood work done at the end of last year. I'm dangerously low on my vitamin D. I got to step it up a notch. Listen, their diet alone is not going to cover it. This is the what I love. Rituals Essential for Women 18 and Up Multivitamin was formulated by exhaustive research to help fill those nutrient gaps in the diets of women ages 18 and up. And it's formulated with nutrients to help support brain health, bone health, blood health, and provide antioxidant support. The results essential for women 18 and up was shown to increase vitamin D levels by 43% and omega DHA levels by 41% in 12 weeks. That's amazing. I love Ritual. It comes right to my door. I don't have to think about it. And the cool thing about Ritual is you really know their supply chain. You know where their nutrients is coming from. And they're very transparent about all of that. And I find that very refreshing, especially because the supplement game can be very confusing. If you're going to take the time to take the vitamins, you want to take the right ones. And Ritual makes it easy for you. Right now, Ritual is offering my listeners 10% off your first three months. Visit Ritual, R-I-T-U-A-L.com slash absolutely and turn healthy habits into a ritual. That's 10% off at ritual.com slash absolutely. Again, if you want easy, no brainer, get that good nutrients that you need. Just go to ritual.com slash absolutely and turn your healthy habits into a ritual. And again, you can get 10% off at ritual.com slash absolutely. So anyways, fortunately, I have to throw away the salad. You know what I mean? I look at the security guy and he looks at me and he goes, bitch, you got to get rid of that salad. At this point, you know, you now have an, at least over four ounces of basil vinaigrette all over yourself. And if you think you're going to get this salad through, now we, it's time to pitch it. The dressing alone, it was too much. This is now a, a, a I'd say a threat to national security. How, how fucking herbaceous I am going through the damn security. I'm about to go through the metal detectors. And they're, I mean, I basically smell like a weed factory at this point. Because basil, if you concentrate basil, it can smell very similar to marijuana in a fresh, herbaceous way, but definitely a little too earthy to be going through a metal detector. Do you know what I mean? Now, mind you, the basil vinaigrette so fresh. It is a dark green. So I have green jus, if you will, all over me. I'm trying to watch these women fight. 
And Jeff can't hear what's going on because he, you know, we're kind of moving slow through security. So he's listening to his podcast. He doesn't realize that he screams at one point. These fucking assholes got to be on a flight together for two and a half hours. He's screaming it like these fucking assholes don't realize they got to be on a flight together for two hours. So then everybody turns around, looks at him. I look like fucking Shrek at this point. I have so much vinaigrette all over me. I mean, I'm just, I'm glistening in vinaigrette. Then Jeff takes a look at me. He goes, what the fuck is all over you? So now people are staring at us and I'm going, Jeff, shh, shh. He's like, oh, sorry. Was I screaming? I'm like, yes, you just now screamed these fucking assholes in the security line. And then you could just feel the mounting tension. Now, finally, these women get through security. I don't know what happened because they were rushing to make their Air Canada flight. But then I sit down for 30 seconds, 30 seconds. And we have a couple loose sweet potato fries. You know, I'm living that G-free life. So I got to pick and choose. I got to plan my meals accordingly. I can't just show up willy-nilly rogue at the fucking airport. Anyway, so I sit down and I've got maybe 40 seconds before I have to start boarding. Jeff gets called up to do an additional search. He's fucking <laughs> moaning and groaning like Joe Pesci from Home Alone. Like, hey, I'm like, Jeff, shut the fuck up. Go up there. Get searched. It's, it's fine. Whatever. They pick one person from, you know, a slew and he's always like, it's always me. I'm like, Jeff, I don't know what the fuck you did in a previous life at an airport or at, on a camel. I don't know. Whatever mode of transportation you were on back in your previous life, maybe it was the Oregon Trail. Maybe you fucked up the wagon line so bad that, yeah, now you always get searched at an airport. Yes, you always somehow have a flight delayed. It doesn't happen to me. It happens to you because whatever you did in a previous life, you were an asshole about. So he's pissing and moaning. And I just, I say all of this. I'd like to apologize uh, publicly to the kind woman who came up to me. I was so frazzled. I was, had 30 seconds to wolf down two fries. And she came up to me. She's like, I've been looking for you all over the island. We were on our honeymoon. And she wanted to take a photo. And I was so frazzled. And I was dripping. At this point, I'm dripping sweat and dripping full fucking vinaigrette down my asshole. Like I somehow got on the back of my neck. It's dripping down the back. I felt smelly. I was like, ma'am, I'm so sorry. I say all of this to say, I went on vacation, had the fucking time of my life, but the last, I'd say 25 and a half minutes of me getting onto that flight was harrowing, was we almost didn't make it, was I had to ask for six Purell wipes once I got on because first class smelled like a literal fucking Olive Garden, okay? And like the back dumpster of an Olive Garden, not the, not the front where you got the fresh baked breadsticks. It was the back. I was like the back, like the garbage bags that they have in the back of an Olive Garden right before they get to the dumpster. I wasn't fully in the dumpster, but I was sitting by the back door 10 minutes too long for the olives from that all-you-can-eat salad just to marinate. That was me. And so I want to apologize. I, I tried to put on a good face and be like, yeah, of course, hey. But I know that in the back of my mind and the eye contact I was probably making with this lovely young woman was, ma'am, I've just been through something, but I want to apologize. It was so nice to meet you. And if I came off as an asshole, I really genuinely apologize. But at that point, by the time you asked for the photo, I had basil vinaigrette in my panties. My thong too at this point was so far up my ass, I could feel it in the back of my brain. So it was not you, it was me, and I apologize, but I hope that you enjoyed the photo. Because then at one point you go, oh, are we keeping masks on? And I was like, ma'am, I can't pull the mask down because they're like, I, I can't then touch my face again to put this vinaigrette anywhere closer to another hole of mine. 
it's in my asshole, it's in my belly button, it's in my ears. Like, I just can't. And I was rushing to get on the flight. I apologize. Anyways, vacation was great. But it really tells you something when you get, when you're leaving a destination and everyone, everybody is unglued, unhinged, losing their fucking minds. That is, to me, the summary of what what we're going into this year. You know, I'm like, keep it positive. But I don't know what it is. Why do we self-sabotage when we're in paradise, but for some reason, when we know we're about to get back to point A, we just lose our shit. So, anywho, all right, I've been rambling. I'm so excited to bring in my dear friend, Jorge. Again, it's like a modern-day White Lotus, but he is such a great guy. And if you come down to Waimara, again, I always try and tell you guys, you know, that's the place I stay. And listen, this is not, again, it's not a fucking timeshare, Glenda, but because this is our family spot and we love is sharing it with other people, I have a little code, absolutely not. You can get the friends and family discount when you go on and book. Just type in absolutely not. And I don't even know what the percentage is, but... You know, I want everybody asked me, I said, I might as well give you something, but go down and enjoy amazing vacation. Anyways, I'm rambling. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the studio, Jorge. I'm redoing my office right now, and I got to tell you about this incredible new surface I found called FrameBridge. FrameBridge makes it easier and more affordable than ever to frame your favorite things without ever leaving the house. You know how annoying it is when you have to get out the tape measure, and then you, okay, you got to measure this, and then you got to send this off, and then you got to go to the damn store, and then you're like, they're like, it'll be ready in six months. I don't have time for that. Listen, from art prints and diplomas to photos sitting on your phone, you can FrameBridge just about anything. All you do is go to FrameBridge.com and upload your photo, or they'll send you packaging to safely mail in your physical pieces. Preview your item online in dozens of frame styles and gallery wall layouts. Choose your favorites or get free recommendations from their talented designers. The experts at FrameBridge will custom frame your item and deliver your finished piece directly to your door, ready to hang. Instead of just hundreds you'd pay at a framing store, they're prices start at $39 and all shipping is free. Yes, you heard it right now. It is free. Plus, my listeners will get 15% off their first order at framebridge.com when they use my code absolutely. Order online at framebridge.com or stop by a Framebridge store to work with a designer in person if you're in the New York area, DC, Atlanta, Philly, Boston, or Chicago. I actually got this amazing, really cool piece of artwork. I'm excited to put it up. And somebody sent it to me and it's this gorgeous painting and it was watercolor of rigs as a baby with flowers around it. And I, I'll tell you what, they use FrameBridge. So when I got it, it came in this big FrameBridge box. The artist used FrameBridge to frame it and I'm getting some more stuff done by them. I'm obsessed with FrameBridge. Get started today, frame your photos and send someone the perfect gift. Go to FrameBridge.com. Use promo code absolutely to save an additional 15% off your first order. That's right. Go to FrameBridge.com. Promo code absolutely. FrameBridge.com. Promo code absolutely. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please welcome to the podcast, Jorge. Jorge, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Heather? I'm doing great. We've been sitting here watching my degenerate husband try and zip up his carry-on. He made it happen. I mean, it was tight. It was, it he, was made, tight. <laughs> he made it happen. And, you know, we just sat here and I just said, how have straight men gotten through life this far? You know what I mean? You straight women have gotten them through. We've, we've been beating them down and then they, <laughs> they have a little Stockholm syndrome and they don't know how to escape. Uh, absolutely not. So, okay, just a little backstory. I already gave an intro for you, but a little backstory. We've been friends for now, what, like six years? Something yeah. like that. And you were the GM. You run the show down here at Waimara, which is my home away from home. And you're an absolute character and truly one of the gay loves of my life. Raymond, when he hears this podcast, he's going to be upset because now he has another <laughs> fabulous Hispanic man. He has a rival. For me. He a has rival. a rival. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 
Tell us a little bit about your backstory and what your transition has been the last two years moving down to this island. Well, I've been in the hotel industry for about 30 years. Right. And originally in operations, then I went into sales for about 20 years. And then I became general manager of Waimara exactly six days before the shutdown happened. Love that journey for you. Yes. So I was general manager. Literally, my first official day was Tuesday and we shut down on Sunday. (laughs) Six days, baby. And I shut the place down. I shut the entire island. Now, did you kind of panic? Were you like, I'm now stuck on this island during the middle of a pandemic? And or or were you like, what were your thoughts? What was the feeling behind that? To be honest with you, it was, I never even questioned the fact that I was going to stay behind. My family at the moment was still in Miami. Right. And and we were going to be moving down here. But the moment the shutdown was announced, I knew that my place was going to be here. Yeah. So I just got myself a room in the hotel. and uh, Hunkered down. (laughs) Hunkered down for the shutdown. So insane. And now you've been living on this island for what, a year to a year? No, it's actually a little bit over a year and a half. Oh, my God. What is your takeaway? You know, we talk about this all the time, but it's like, what is your takeaway now being a year and a half on an island? What what are your thoughts and feelings? What do you need and not need? I got to tell you, I was concerned when I moved here in my adult life. I lived between Los Angeles and Miami. Right. And my thought was, oh, my God, am I going to miss the hustle and bustle? Right. Of living in the big city. And the answer is 100%. No, <laughs> I, I don't miss it at all. As a right. matter of fact, my first trip back, and it was in the Miami Fort Lauderdale area, two days into it, as I'm sitting on the 95 freeway for an hour and a half, I'm like, I did this for 18 years. Here on the island, when I get in my car, you know how your phone, the maps learn your routine? Right. I look at it, and every morning it says, 12 minutes to Waimara Resorts and Villa. And yeah. I look at it and I said, I bet you I can make it in eight this morning. <laughs> and it's fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it's truly like, you know, my dad's dream was always to just come down here and retire, but he could never get my mom away from a Target. You know, she needs to go to Home Goods like three times a week. And we were talking about it on the boat the other day. It was like, what do you, now being on an island and you're like, I just don't need those materialistic things anymore. Like, obviously you're a fabulous dresser and you go shopping in Miami. Wait, but, wait, wait, wait. wait. I, yeah. I wouldn't go that far. Okay, okay. If there, <laughs> if there was something I could have on the island that I don't currently have, yeah. at Bloomingdale's oh, on no, Sachs yeah. Fifth Avenue, yeah, and I'd be set. That's the only thing that I miss. Now, I'm obviously going to put up a picture for you guys who have a reference so you can see how handsome Jorge is. But he is like... I mean, the Puerto Rican stallion. Jeff is the Italian stallion. You're the Puerto Rican stallion, always in a perfect fedora, but like a real Panama hat and always a white linen suit. And where do you get such a crisp fucking suit? Where do you get that? Well, I actually do all my shopping in Miami. I have a uh, couple of stores where Mm -hmm. I get my linen. Mm -hmm. And ladies, if you want to take care of your linen or your man's linen, the Mm -hmm. secret for it to last is get it starched when you get it dry clean. Like crunchy starch. Well, I wouldn't go as far as crunchy, just a little bit crispy. <laughs> okay. You know? Okay. Yeah. And no, it makes it uh, last longer. People ask me all the time. Yeah. How much money do you spend on all these linen shirts? Well, I got to tell you, some of them are over 20 years old. Yeah. Because linen is, once you invest in it, it doesn't go bad. Correct. As long as you're started. Otherwise, it starts to lose its uh, shape. Okay. Well, good to know. Yeah. Now, I like to refer to you as like literally the Caribbean's white lotus. Like you are the, <laughs> you are running the show. You're a single now gay man in the islands. What has dating been like 
on an island. There uh, is got to be, it's got to be a shit show. I got to tell you. Yeah. I mean, I was in a relationship for 17 and a half years. Right. And now I've been single for about seven or eight months. Mm -hmm. I did try the apps. Yeah. And uh, I've been shocked by the apps. Uh, in a good way or a bad way? Definitely in a, in a bad way. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hate to burst your bubble up, users, but no, it has not been pleasant. It's been kind of scary, actually. And when you're on an island, it's probably the same like 10 people in rotation. No? Yeah. Well, no, it's more like eight. Okay. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and then you just have to expand, go into the Dominican Republic or you go into South uh, Florida. And, uh, and I got to tell you the stories that I have heard. I mean, my favorite was the guy that was supposedly in Fort Lauderdale. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he looked like he was wearing clothing from Dubai. Okay. So I Google it, you know, to make sure I was I was not speaking out of turn. Mm -hmm. And indeed, it was clothing from, you know, the garb that they wear in Dubai. And we start chatting and everything was great until right. I looked closer and it kind of reminded me of somebody I had seen when I did the Google search. Right. And indeed, it was this guy using the pictures of the crown prince of Dubai. Of Dubai. You know what? That's a royal catfishing, a if I've <laughs> ever heard one. <laughs> yeah, no. And then I have the other guy. That one was recently, he told me he was in the military. And that he was actually very committed to his military career. As one does. Correct. And I'm you like, know? you know what? Fantastic. Good for you. Then we had met on Plenty of Fish. Okay. And then he asked if we could move on to WhatsApp. So I gave out my cell phone number. Right. We chatted for a couple of days. And then I get this cryptic message letting me know that he was going on a secret mission to South Sudan. And that he was going to be gone for three weeks and that he was okay if I didn't want to wait for him. So I love that one. It's a secret mission, but he had to tell you. A you stranger just, a that stranger he just met a couple of weeks. he met on Plenty of Fish. Right. He's like, just, just so you know, Jorge, if I go off the grid, I'm in South Sudan doing a secret mission for Dubai. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, thank you. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I have to play with. Oh, and then don't forget the other guy. That, I mean, very handsome, half Canadian, half Brazilian. Yeah. I asked him, what do you do for a living? And he said, oh, I'm into jewelry and cryptocurrency. Which I am too. I don't know what crypto is, but I'm into it eventually. I know. It sounds like it would give you a good buzz. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> so. Yeah, I'm into diamonds and Bitcoin. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, we start talking and I asked the guy, so, you know, what are you doing tomorrow? He's like, oh, I have these investors that are coming in. And then I follow up the following day. How was the meeting? And he's like, oh, they each committed to dropping 20 grand each for a total of 80 grand that I'm going to manage. I'm like, congratulations. Good for you. Yeah. And then he says, oh, I look forward to managing your money, too. Nope. Red flag. Absolutely <laughs> not. So you're so when you're on these apps, though, because you're on an island, I mean, and so just so people understand where Turks and Caicos is, we're like directly north of the Dominican. Correct. Right. And we're about how far are we from Miami? It's only about an hour and five minute flight from Miami. So we're kind of right in the middle of the Caribbean. Correct. And so you can kind of cast a wider net down to some of the islands and then you have yourself set as Central Florida or as South Florida. Right. Correct. Yeah, yeah, but I'm very honest. I do yeah. let them know that I'm actually in Turks and Caicos yeah. and I can fly up for a date or not. 
But that's so insane. So you're getting these catfishers who say that they're in Miami, but they're actually on a secret mission in South Sudan. <laughs> or shopping in Dubai. Shopping in Dubai. Right, right, right. AKA they're somewhere in Iowa in their mom's basement just <laughs> catfishing. Now, this is something wild that I, I think that so many people would just find so hysterical and endearing is when you came from, tell people your backstory. When you came to college, you went to school from Puerto Rico to Iowa State. Right? Iowa State. Ames, Iowa. Yes. And what was that experience like when you came to the mainland? Were you like, where am I? That's wild to go from an island to Iowa. Oh, I know. And I mean, nothing against Iowa. I got to tell you, in all mm -hmm. honesty, they welcomed me with open arms. Mm -hmm. They taught me their language. Yeah. Unfortunately, I was never able to get rid of my accent. <laughs> but they did teach me their language and they did teach me the robes. They were definitely very welcoming. But I never forget the taxi ride. From the airport, I, I had never even seen the university or, right. or where it was. So in my broken English, I told the taxi driver, I said, hey, so why can you tell me about Iowa? Because all I know is that Iowa is the state west of the state where Chicago is in. <laughs> <laughs> that was all I knew about Iowa. Right, right. And the gentleman turns around and says, you see that soybean field? Uh -huh. I'm like, yes. You see that cornfield? I said, yes. Uh -huh. And he said, that's Iowa. Oh, shit. <laughs> Thank you. That was my reaction. And you're a young 18-year-old gay man who's fabulously dressed from an island, probably coming in some tight white jeans. And then how did you find your people? Like, do, were there other, like, fabulous gay men in Iowa? Well, Iowa State University, it was, back then, it was already fairly large with 27,000 students. Yeah. And I found out that there was a, uh, a Puerto Rican club. Believe it or not, <laughs> There were, yes. there were over 100 Puerto Ricans born and raised on the island that were going to Iowa State. Ay, Dios mío. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I go there and there I met, there I met who today still to this day are my best friends. It was these three other gay Puerto Rican guys. Yeah. So, and they were out already. I was pretty fresh off, right. off the boat and they took me down to a gay bar. Uh-huh. In Des Moines, Iowa. Oh, yeah. Which was called the Brass Garden. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. It was fancy. Yeah. And, and then they got used to us. And without fail, every time the four of us would show up, mm -hmm. all of us in tight white of course. jeans yep. in the middle of winter, yep. it uh -huh. would be minus 10. <laughs> and the moment we walked in, we knew without fail the next song on uh, by the DJ would be Billy Ocean's Caribbean Queen. <laughs> <laughs> And, and like, we would make you for that warm our welcome. entrance. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I had fun over there. And if you have never made out yeah. on top of a silo Ooh. on a spring day, mm -hmm. looking at a cornfield, you have you not lived. lived. <laughs> you know, I did. I definitely like had sex near a barn when I was in Mississippi, and I'm not proud of it. But you're, you've romanticized it and made it sound way more glamorous. It was, the shady it was shit beautiful. I did in Mississippi, I am absolutely, <laughs> without a doubt, not proud of. I woke up in, like, someone's lake house. I was like, I didn't even know we were by a lake. You know, I just, it's traumatizing and triggering. I won't go down that deep, painful spiral of the bad decisions I made in college. But, so you went from Iowa, and then how did you get into the hotel business? I, when I went to college, I was on a full scholarship to study math. Oh, damn. Uh, yeah, I was... Uh, Why are we friends? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and after the first semester, I knew that math was going to bore me to tears. Yeah. And as I was walking around the campus, I walked in front of the hotel and restaurant management school, and he brought me back to yeah. being 
15 years old and meeting this gentleman who was a friend of my father's and he was the hotel manager of a hotel in Puerto Rico. Okay. For whatever reason, when I shook his hand, I said, oh my God, that could be uh, my future. Right. And then I had never thought about that moment until I was walking around the campus and that was it. I was sold. I switched my uh, major to hotel and restaurant management and never looked back. It's so crazy. Like I, I worked in every restaurant you can imagine. I've had every hospitality job other than like a valet. And because they were just like, Heather, we don't trust you with fancy cars. But I worked all those jobs. And I believe, and obviously you're at the high end. You've worked for Four Seasons. You've worked with these, you've run the show at all these amazing places. But I have always had this theory. The way is, you know, if you you live in Israel, you have to, when you turn 18, you know, join the army for two years, right? You have to serve. I right. think everyone in America needs to work in a restaurant, a hotel, some sort of service job for two years and then they can go to college and that we would be more well-rounded people because being in the service industry, right. And you're in hospitality at such a high level that I'm sure when you started out and you were doing some of those low, you know, lower level jobs, you just learn so much about humanity and people, the way that they treat somebody in a customer service situation. Oh, completely. Yeah. And I got to tell you some of the best lessons I've had, about life and work ethic yeah. were the years when I was uh, director of housekeeping. I mean, oh, I have seen literally. Yes, <laughs> yes. I have. <laughs> yes, I have. But yeah. I can tell you, I mean, I can still make a hospital fold yeah. on a bed like yeah. nobody's business. Yeah. I have also learned while working at the uh, front office, uh-huh. you know, and the things that you see at night at a hotel, yeah. they get crazy because people after a couple of cocktails are on vacation. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's not they for the faint to of heart. murder their wife. You know uh, what I mean? Uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just minor stuff like that, Heather. And then you're like, they're like, hey, Jorge, here's a 20. How do I dispose of this body? And you're like, I, I, I don't get paid enough at this Four Seasons in <laughs> Orange <you>. County. <laughs> Thank you. You know what's better than an ad break? A beach break. And you know what? We could all use a little getaway right now. When I want to book a beach vacay, I use CheapCaribbean.com. I'm all about that all-inclusive life. I get more food, more drinks, and more fun for less money and with less worries. Basically, I get more of what I want and less of what I don't. Cheap Caribbean has great deals on incredible all-inclusive beach vacations throughout the Caribbean, Central America, and Mexico, including Cancun, Jamaica, Los Cabos, Punta Cana, Aruba, and more. Less money, less worries, more beach. Book today at CheapCaribbean.com. Do you feel comfortable sharing any of the crazy shit that you've seen? I don't want to put you on the spot or jeopardize jeopardize your reputation. But uh, One story that I would like to share mm-hmm. uh, with you. Malagma. Malagma is... Uh, Just as I note, Jorge the other day said, he's like, Heather, I've got this malagma. And I was like, you mean melasma? And so now I've just been teasing you saying malagma. <laughs> no, well, it is malagma in Spanish. No, it's not. But anyhow, uh, you know how celebrities such as yourself, uh-huh. uh, yeah. when you come to a hotel we get what's called a rider. Right. You know, yeah. and a rider is basically a list of instructions for the hotel. Right. Um, I want red M&Ms only. I only have this sunscreen. Make sure there's six bottles of Evian and chilled whatever in my room. Yeah. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. We know you're needy. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite is we got from this agent, we got the rider and it was for a pretty A-list celebrity. Okay. And it said, just have your security guy meet her 
in the in the parking lot. This uh-huh. particular hotel had a parking under the hotel. So we follow the instructions. Yeah. The alias celebrity shows up and she had recently had twins. She showed up driving her own car with uh-huh. the two twins, gets out of the car, hands a twin to our security guy, grabs the other one and says, okay, where are we off to? And uh-huh. that was Julia Roberts. Oh. That's how down to earth yeah. this lady is. Was- and she's as alias yeah. as it gets. But that was it. She, I thought you were going to say Mariah Carey. Like, and it no. was Mariah Carey, and then she, and she never saw her kids for the rest of the vacation. And then the security guard returned them seven days later. <laughs> no. no, so she was she was really delightful. I love that. I mean, hell, I don't have a writer. I have a writer backstage at some of these theaters, but literally it's just, just hydration. And then I'm like, maybe. A clean bathroom. <laughs> a clean bathroom. And then I put a Mediterranean platter. Like just, and literally it's in the comedy world, it's a bag of, carrots and a thing of like sabra hummus and they're like go for it (laughs) that's it wow yeah i know like i mean i worked in you know worked at soul cycle for years and i would deal with such a-list like madonna's nuts but beyonce is lovely you know i mean just to the top where you're like i can't believe I'm, i'm 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 working for these people and it's so wild to see how people treat those that are in hospitality or in the service industry and then you have you know some people that shock you and you're like like julia roberts you know such a Oscar winner, just so A-list, yeah. and you're like, she's just cool. She's a mom. She's like, yeah, she's a mom. She, where are we going? Yeah, yeah. yeah. where are we going? She yeah. just had a shed to get done, basically. Yeah. I love that. You know, yeah. And I got to tell you, when it comes to the hotel industry, I know that you and Jeff, yeah, actually, your engagement was here in in the pool at Waimara, yeah, and moments like that that yeah. will live in your memory forever is the reason why we do what we do, right. Because everybody worked so hard, and by the time they get to Weimar after a year of working, right. they're dead tired. Right. They're done. But, you know, spending a week here will create such beautiful memories for them right. that it makes it all worth it. Yeah, when we did get engaged in the pool, I saw it all go down like in slow motion. Uh, we were in the pool. And for those who don't know, like one of the reasons why Weimar is so special is my dad was here since the beginning. And this is just our spot. We've been coming to the Turks forever. This is my happy place, right? Some people go to the Hamptons. I go to the Turks. It's just, it is what it is. Some people go to, you know, Myrtle Beach. Yeah, thank you. As well. Yeah. And I saw it all happen. Jeff wanted to propose in the pool because the last time my dad was here, well, he was alive. We had this epic photo of us. 5 p.m. in the pool, have a margarita. This was just like our spot, right? You start your morning at the beach, make your way up to the pool, and then you're just hanging here watching this epic sunset. And I could see a photographer out of the corner of my eye, and I noticed everybody started just getting out of the pool eerily, and Jeff and I were the only ones, and I panned my head to like the left, and it all happened in slow motion. And then I see this giant float that Jeff had built with flowers coming down the middle into the pool, and I see the photographer snapping in the background. I was like, it's fucking go time. (laughs) (laughs) And then as soon as we got engaged I pushed Jeff out of the way and I had my own solo photo shoot I was like no you don't need to be in any of these photos (laughs) I was like if I have a photographer and I've got I can kick my leg up it's all about me now that's awesome yeah but those those tender loving memories have been made here yeah I mean we even had we have had weddings here yeah and one of my favorite ones she was actually a wedding planner herself that happened to be the bride right and she knew that we had rules here mm-hmm. and she knew how to sneak around the rules. So, <laughs> you know, this whole thing that they do with trash the dress? Well, unbeknownst to us, she had a plan on how to trash her dress. Her dress. And if you look on our website, you can see that our pool, mm-hmm. you can see it from the lobby. Right. So 
We're in the middle of the early evening rush in the middle of the lobby. Right. Suddenly we hear this lady screaming, yeah, yeah, yeah. We look around. Here comes a bride in her dress on a bicycle through the lobby no. into the swimming pool. No. Yes, what she the, did. What did you do? Also, I don't understand this trash the dress. If you just spin, it's almost like a fuck you to like Vera Wang. You know yes, what I mean? Thank you. Like, yes. Yes. Why? Why? Why are we trashing it? And you know, they get that epic photo of like, unless you have an underwater photographer on like a GoPro who gets it. Like, I've never looked good jumping into a pool. I, you never want to see me cannonball. You know, you definitely don't want to see me on a fucking bicycle going into a pool. Like, why? So what did you do? Are you like, this woman's just cracked her skull open. This is it. There goes the hotel. Well, I mean, by now, yeah. I mean, that that train had left yeah. the station. Yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. we let her have her pictures and yeah. all that. And then yeah. we're like, why did you do that? And yeah. she's like, wasn't it fun? We're like, it was. <laughs> anyway, move on. <laughs> now, so you started... You went back to Puerto Rico, started in the hotel industry there, and then you've worked kind of everywhere, right? You've been in Miami, you've been in LA. What was your transition through? I I worked in Puerto Rico and what was then Hyatt Regency Ceramar. I was there for about four years. Yeah. Then I went and opened another hotel in Puerto Rico, the Conquistador, and Uh then I moved to LA, then Newport Beach, and then Miami. And when I was in Miami, I also worked for several hotels in the Caribbean. Yeah. But based out of uh, Miami and just basically just very much like you nowadays, I basically yeah. lived on, on a plane yeah. for about 20 years. Yeah. And now going back like Orange County, what is that clientele like? Like, you know, I know you have these stories where you're like, listen, you can see this woman, you know, she's a white woman named Cheryl. She's got a cardigan around her shoulders. She pulls up in a specific G-class Mercedes. Like, it's okay. We're very judgmental on this podcast. So you could be like, this was my nightmare. Like, is was there ever a specific character coming into the hotel where you already knew they're never going to be satisfied? I'm fucked. Well, we had this couple that came into the hotel that should remain nameless. Mm-hmm. This was mm-hmm. over 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was a very successful doctor and he was there as the keynote speaker for a group. Fast forward to two o'clock in the morning. The doctor comes to the front desk with his face completely bloodied. Oh, shit. And I'm about to tell you something that sounds horrible, but uh-huh. stay with me. Yeah, it, yeah. Gets, it gets better. Yeah. So anyway, he screams, my wife, she was being raped. And I just yeah. stopped. I mean, my yeah. heart sank. I yeah. was the night manager. Yeah, yeah. My valet guy runs over, jumps over the front desk. He goes looking for her. We're looking for her all over the place. I called the police. We yeah. couldn't find her. A police woman shows up. We keep on looking. We finally found her. Uh-huh. She was hiding under a spa table in the in the spa, okay. under a treatment table. So the police woman goes in there, speaks to her. And comes out and tells me, hey, the lady wants to talk to you. You're like, and, it wasn't me. <laughs> and, no. And, and I'm looking at her. I'm like, she just went through a traumatic yeah, yeah. situation. Yeah. I don't think she wants to talk to me. And the policewoman rolled her eyes and said, yeah, no, she's okay. Go talk to her. I go in there and the woman is sitting on the spa table, legs crossed and arms crossed. And, and I'm like, ma'am. Yeah. And she's like, okay, sweetie, here's the situation. My husband is a board, uh-huh. and I was actually down at the bar, left him in the room with the kids. Right. I met this guy. Uh-huh. You know, we were making out in yeah. the staircase. <laughs> My husband somehow found us, and... I didn't know what to do, so I screamed. <laughs> so I screamed raped. And my husband started beating the guy up. The guy started beating my husband up. 
and then I ran and here we are. She's like, and it was 100% consensual and he's a fucking drip and I hate him. Thank you, basically. And she actually had the goal to yeah. tell me, yeah. is there any way that you could tell my husband that I was indeed being raped? I looked at her. I said, ma'am, mm -hmm. it sounds to me mm -hmm. like you need to have a conversation with your husband and there might be a therapist involved, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but that's not my line of work. I'm sorry. The, the situations people must put you in. And listen, I observe this whenever I go on vacation. Jeff and I's favorite thing is when we sit on the beach and you have like that couple. I'll just say they're from New Jersey. You know what right. I mean? And they're there with their two kids. It's like, you know, Mark and Linda, they should have broken up 30 years ago. We don't know why they're still in this marriage. The children are grown. It's like, let it go. You know, they're both wearing water shoes. They're clearly wealthy, <laughs> but they don't do anything in water shoes. And you think maybe after six Mai Tais, they may go and fuck and they may keep their water <laughs> shoes on, but they really haven't like seen eye to eye or spoken a kind word to each other in about 25 years. It's like the kids are in college. Let it go. Why are we still doing these forced family vacations? You see those couples all the time that are forced on vacation together and you're like, let it go. You either fuck or like roll out. Yeah, no, that that happens uh, all the time. But I got to tell you, I mean, the occasions like that with yeah. horror stories yeah. like that 20 years ago, those are the minority. My favorite by far are the families that keep on coming year yeah. after year, like yeah. you and your yeah, yeah. family. Your family, you're part of the fabric of right. Waimara. Yeah. You know, the memories that you have from being here with your parents, with yeah. Ashley, yeah. you know, through the years, that is what makes a hotel special. Is, is all those living experiences that people have had. I love that you're bringing it. It was such a, like a kind, like wrap up in a bow moment, but I'm like, I want to hear more horror stories. <laughs> Obviously, Weimar is a gem and it's this is our place and we love it. But I'm just like, I, I mean, yes, of course we keep coming back, but I think as a comedian, you know, I observe people and I observe human nature. And so I try and I almost... I think I put myself in positions by sitting next to the random asshole on the beach. You know, the family that hates each other. And Jeff, you know, it doesn't matter where we are. We could be anywhere. We could be like Fort Lauderdale on the beach. But I find them. They find me. You know what I mean? And then I spend my entire afternoon eavesdropping on the fact. And I want to turn around and be like, Mark and Linda, let it go. You two hate each other. Split the assets, you know, and, and just let it go. Let it go. It's just, I, I also love... I don't know. I just find they, I either attract them, they attract me. And I find that one vacation family that absolutely hates each other, you know? <laughs> but so what did you do in the situation where she's just sitting there and you're like, you need to have a conversation with your husband. This is not up to me. With the police are now involved. This is insane. Well, I had to put my foot down. No, ma'am. Yeah. I am not going to lie yeah. uh, to your husband about your behavior. That's between you and, and him. If you want to hook up with a cabana boy, don't don't send him, you know, don't have a false claim on this poor guy. Thank you. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually, I did have to go and apologize mm -hmm. to the other guest uh -huh. because the, the, the guy that she was hooking up with, yeah. he was also a guest of that particular hotel. Yeah. You know, I used to go on these conferences with my dad, you know, and you go down to like the yeah, the Four Seasons, whatever, in Orange County. My dad would be doing like a mortgage brokers convention and I would thrive. There's nothing better than when you get a specific demographic, like a mortgage brokers convention or doctors, like the plastic. Well, I would be in attendance to a plastic surgery, you know, convention, but because you could just see it's just such like a perfect character study. Completely. Yeah. And I mean, and the personal traits are like very similar. Yes. I used to work about, this one is about 25 years ago. Uh -huh. It was a, a larger hotel with like convention halls and uh -huh. all that. We used to have every year yeah. the funeral home 
owners. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, convention. And we would have actually, you know how when you go to a convention in the ballroom, you might have, I don't know, cars yeah. or, or whatever it is. No, we would have caskets. the latest in coffin technology. Absolutely. This is where I want to be working. I want to be one of the cater waiters doing pastor hors d'oeuvres at the funeral home convention center. Are you oh, kidding yeah. me? That is my dream job. And I got to tell you, mm-hmm. I got to tell you, you would see all the funeral home owners. First of all, they're very well dressed. Yes. At all times. Uh-huh. They love their jewelry. Yep. Of course. And they are very reserved. They're like in mourning full time, <laughs> you know? Well, they can also be decked out. They never have to worry about getting robbed because everybody that they're dealing with is dead. You know right, I mean? right. Dead or sobbing, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Too emotionally distraught to like, you know, try and pull a fast one on them. One of my girlfriends, her family owns this big funeral home in Arkansas. And her family's like, I mean, you know, the dad's suited and booted, the whole thing. And he loves what he does. Anytime you talk to anybody in the funeral business, they're always like, this is the greatest job on earth. Which is wild. I definitely don't have the the gumption to do it, but they always are phenomenal people. They yeah. are. And I mean, their business is secure. <laughs> Truly. <laughs> it is secure. Yeah, you're right. Now, you've traveled all over the world. Is there another place? Obviously, you love living here, but is there a place that you've ever been where you're like, yeah, this is also stolen my heart. Like, what are some of your favorite places you've been to? Jeff, I can hear your video that you're playing in the background. You don't, honey, you can go on a walk. You don't have to, you just sit here awkwardly in the corner. <laughs> okay, he likes listening. Great, great, great. Yeah, where do you like to travel to when you get away? I got to tell you, since I am blessed with basically living on the beach. Yeah. I love city vacations. Yeah. I love going to your typical cities, you know, your London, your New York, you know, a place that I went to that took my breath uh, away and I almost moved there, but their economy collapsed at the moment. (laughs) Buenos Aires. I love it. I'm sorry. (laughs) Just the way you said that, you know, love it, but you know, they're in dire straits. Yeah. I went to open a hotel in Buenos Aires, Argentina, and they wanted me to stay. And we had spoken about me moving there. You know, but then their economy collapsed and yeah. instead of uh, dollars, they started offering pesos. And and I'm like, I like my money with dead white dudes yeah. on it. You I know? feel you. I hear you. Dead yeah, yeah. American presidents. Yeah, with like uh, the Illuminati symbol all over yeah, it. Yep, yep, yep. Uh-huh. yep. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I work for. Yeah. But Buenos Aires, in all seriousness, it's an amazing, amazing city. You know, a city that blew my mind what? that I didn't see coming, Shanghai, China. I, I, listen, when I went to Asia, I thrived. I did not do China. I really want to do Hong Kong, but Asia it blew me away. Blew me away. Yeah, no, Shanghai in particular, what I loved about that city, you're walking down the street and you look around and you're like, yeah, I'm in China. Then you yeah. make a left and you're like, this could be any city in Europe. Yeah. And then you make a right. Oh, this could be any city in the US. Right. Because it's Shanghai, it's very diverse. Yeah. And a, a lot of a very large expat community living there. Yeah, when we were in Vietnam, that was also wild. I mean, there's so much is being developed over there. And I know they've had, obviously, you know, history. But it's so wild, the amount of expats over there that are, they're living in these, like, insanely gorgeous buildings. Like, everything is coming up there, but you're still on the back of a scooter with 10 people on it. You know what I mean? You're like, this is crazy. It's just every twist and turn in Vietnam blew me away. It really was. And when it comes to beauty of a city, two of my favorite by far were Stockholm, Mm -hmm. Sweden, I mean, the way the water is intertwined into that city is yeah. just absolutely gorgeous. Plus, they don't have any ugly people. Yeah. 
nobody's ugly. Yeah, I love in, that. In Stockholm. I love going places where then you feel like the lowest man on the totem pole. <laughs> completely, completely. It's like you, you feel like a turd walking down the exactly. street because everybody else is gorgeous. Well, this is that's the way, and I can speak on this because I am. my family is from Scotland. The men in Scotland are the most gorgeous men you've ever seen in your life. You could be brand new baby to 200 years old. They're all handsome. They all look like Braveheart. The women, one, one good tooth. You know what I mean? <laughs> when my sister and I went, my mom looked around one day and she goes, girls she's like we're fucking models here you know what i mean like, i never felt better if i'm having a bad day go to scotland you know what yeah. i mean and the other city that i loved mm -hmm. sydney australia oh i want to do australia and i gotta tell you the thing with australians yeah they will drink you under the table they'll party Raging till alcoholic. two three mm -hmm. four o'clock in the morning yeah but then the following day at work yeah. they're the first ones in at 8 a.m ready to go like like nothing ever happened the night before meanwhile i'm dying You know, it's interesting you should say that because I can't keep up with my friends, my Aussie friends who live in LA. And they do that. They could party, yes. hard party, dibble dabble in a lot of many things. And the next day, one of my girlfriends is going for a run. And I'm like, what do you mean you're going for a run? I'm at the hospital checking myself in to get an, a banana bag because and, and some Zofran because I'm not going to fucking make it. Yeah, and they're yeah. ready to go like nothing ever happened. Yeah, Aussies party hard. I like I that. Yeah, no, they are great people. Have you learned anything being like, you know, the boss, being in a managerial position where you're like, I? how do you manage people? Is there one takeaway where you're like, this is my key to managing people and keeping them enthused to come to work every day? To be honest with you, the, the hardest part about uh, managing people is that not one person is the same. I am of the style that they know that they can come to me at anytime. Right. I do struggle with being called Mr. or or being treated uh as in like sir. I try to keep it where we are eye to eye. Right. You know, we happen to be in different positions in on the organizational chart, but at the end of the day, we're both working here at Waimara trying yeah. to make it happen. Yeah. So and I do what pleases me more after my 30 years in the industry is actually helping somebody realize their dreams. Oh, I love that. You know, when you see somebody who, you know, starts out at an entry-level position and they express their mm -hmm. desire, hey, I want to become a supervisor, I want to become an assistant manager or a manager. Right. Giving them the tools to be able to do that, to be right. able to provide a better living for themselves and their families. It's going to be families. so fulfilling for you. It, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Well, we're both Pisces and we very much so are cheerleaders. Like I've always said, my love language is time and words of encouragement. I like to see people thrive. I've never understood yeah. those folks who want to, you know, who who don't want to enable other people to feel successful. There's nothing better than you're like, you just did it. We did like we did it together. You did yes. it. It's yes. a good feeling. Well, we're just very, you know, loving, kind, selfless giving, people. Giving, giving people. <laughs> very giving, Heather. But, very. But, but we also talked about it the other day. It was like. We're the kind of people, you and I have very similar dispositions where we're so chill about stuff. And then when we're not, it's terrifying. It snaps overnight. That's it. My motto in life is, you know, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Let it go. I just, it's not that I'm non-confrontational, but I just know how to pick my battles. And then when I'm revved up, watch the fuck out. Well, here's the thing. I've always said that all Pisces, mm -hmm. we have out of the entire Zodiac, we yeah. have the largest heart. Yeah. With plenty of room for love mm. and grudges. Yeah, plenty. <laughs> yeah, once you're done, once you're on that list, 
Bye bye. Don't cross See ya. me. Don't, don't cross don't, me. No, no, no. You're because done. we're a good judge of character. That's probably why we've also worked in entertainment and hospitality, right? We love it. We're people. We we want to be in the with the people. We want to see them. We want to know them. And then once you once you have crossed that threshold of bullshit, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. It, like you're like I if I see you in the streets, it's it's not gonna be good. You know? Yeah. Well, no, it's, it's going to be great for me. It's going to be bad for you because I'm just going to completely ignore you. Right. It's like walking by a wall. Yeah. Oh, we're, we really, let's go back to being kind and giving. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, right, right, right. Okay, so what's next? So you're working here and then now you're on the dating scene. We, you know, we touched on that earlier. So what happens when like a cruise ship comes in on like Grand Turk? Then do you, do you get a couple like pings or is it the same eight people that are already on the island fighting for these other tours that come in? I think it's the same eight uh, people. I'm mm-hmm. giving up. I'm giving up on the app. Okay. I think I want to go the matchmaker route. Oh, somebody okay. who could curate a list for me. Maybe one of your listeners. Listen, you I know? am always trying. This is another thing. I love, okay? I'm always trying to hook people up. So, Jorge, tell us your list of absolute pros. Tell us your list of cons. It's okay to be brutally honest. If you're like, hey, I want, you know, a Middle Eastern man with green eyes. You just have to be specific. Also, obviously, some good quality, you know, character <laughs> traits. But what what is on your, your pro list and con list? I believe we put it out in the, there in the universe and let's get it out there. What do we want? What do we need? Well, I would go, first of all, age between... Mm-hmm. We could go as young as 40 okay. and, and up to 60, 65. Okay, love it. You know, in a nice range. Somebody who's independent. Right. You know, my work here is very demanding. To give you an idea, in the entire month of December, I had two days off. So you need to have your own life. and Not be threatened by your time at work. Correct. Yeah. And we don't need to spend that much time together. Like, you know, two, <laughs> I love that. two yeah. weekends a month. Right. You know, and we're good. And we'll check on in, on on each other on the daily, you know, right. via text or telephone telephone calls. Courier pigeon from the island. Right, right. You know, right. Uh, smoke signals, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. But other than that, yeah. And I don't have, when it comes to physicality, I don't have anything in uh, specific. Because, I mean, I'm very specific. I like a lumber sexual. You know what I mean? If Jeff got hit by a bus tomorrow, I'd be up in Wisconsin somewhere finding a man with a full neck beard, <laughs> chest hair, and a flannel chopping wood. You know, and that's me. That's how I identify. Okay. Somebody who's very, I don't know if it's me self-identifying, but what I am into is lumbersexuals. Lumbersexuals? Yeah, lumbersexuals. Yeah. That's a new mm-hmm. one for yeah, me. it is. It is. And, I, you know, I know my type. All the guys I've dated, even who I'm into, like, celebrity-wise, it's always somebody who looks similar to Jeff, which I guess that's a good sign. There we go. Then. There we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, usually, Jorge, when we're you and I are together, we're having multiple glasses of rosé. And this is a very sober interview for us. It feels weird. Yeah, it does. Yeah, because yeah. we're too sober. Yeah, thank you. Should we go drink? We probably should. But this is it. We're literally about to catch a flight. And, you know, it's like the Monday. The, I've had such bad anxiety today. It's the leaving the vacation. It's the panics of what I'm going into this week. You know, it's very hard, I feel like, to come down here. It's such a tease. Turn your phone off for three days. And then you're like, all right, back in it. Back in I'm going back to Atlanta to go. I'm sh- no. As soon as I walk in the door, my mom's going to yell at me about something. You know what I mean? She's going to be like, "Your laundry was here. Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you order this? There's too much of this in the house." I know I'm going to get yelled at about something. That's what I'm having anxiety about. The only place I get respected is on the road. On well, stage. guess what? You're going to be on the road starting on uh, Wednesday, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I have a show in Oklahoma City Thursday, and then Lexington, Kentucky Friday. The next week, it's three shows in Dallas. Then we have San Francisco and LA. I mean, I'm, it, we're zip zap zopping. 
we're going around. So I think that's what it is. I know what the next couple of weeks look like. And it's just like, I'm clenching my asshole knowing, <laughs> take one last deep breath, taking that ocean air. Cause then it's, it's full throttle. But you know what though? I've seen your stories going through airports mm -hmm. and all that. You thrive when you're doing that. I do. When, when you're on the move, you know, walking around, looking at the people, yeah. that's the part that I enjoy the most about traveling myself. Deep throating like six crunch bars from a Hudson newsstand, just being like, this is it. This is my last meal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I, uh, those big, uh, not bagels. Como uh, se dice? Auntie something. Oh, Auntie Anne's pretzels. Yes. Yes. Well, see, listen, you're an American guy because you always flew out of Miami. And there's the American terminal at LaGuardia only has two things, an Auntie Anne's pretzel and a Hudson News. <laughs> and sometimes I would randomly, like if I, I would end up on like that little tiny pencil American flight if I was going from New York to um, Miami. And it was like this, it was the, in the B terminal. And you just sit there, smell the pretzels. You're like, I can't have this and just cry and just weep. And then you get on the shittiest plane. <laughs> and I always was told from the airline business, people hate doing the commute of, they hate working the flights from New York to Miami. They're like, it's the rudest people on those flights. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit entitled crowd. Yeah, or like the Palm Beach. I'm sure the New York to Palm Beach, you want to absolutely blow your brains out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what's the vibe working in South Florida? What, what, what was the, the clientele down there? It varied. Uh, it varied greatly. In, yeah. You would get everybody, depending on uh, what time of the year. Yeah. You know, August would come around and you would have your hotel full of Germans. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, June, July, it was all about Brazilians uh -huh. escaping their, their, their winter. winter, you know, and then. What's a hotel full of Germans like? Just like a lot of yogurt and a lot of like like sausages. <laughs> You're like, you just ship in all the sausages that month. No, when you have a hotel full of Germans, uh -huh. you know that if you say that uh, lunch will start at 12 noon, yeah. you better be ready because every single one of them will be there <laughs> at five to noon. I love it. And it probably stays very clean. Everybody wipes. My mom used to live in Germany. And she was like, Heather, you go into a public restroom in Germany. And after you get done washing your hands, every single citizen like wipes down a countertop, like their own custodians. They take care of their stuff. I like that. You have Very a line effective. for lunch. Yeah. Yeah. 1145. Yeah. They're lined up ready to go. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I love this. So what is it you now looking forward? So we want to get you dating. So Jorge, you, oh wait, I didn't even finish your list. What is your list of pros and cons of who you want to date? You said you want somebody who's independent, doesn't mind traveling. You don't have to see them all the time. And, and what is the con list? My con list would be non-negotiables. Non-negotiable. Somebody who doesn't have a life. Somebody who <laughs> no depends, depends, yeah. no, depends on me for yeah. to entertain them and right. keep them um, busy. Yeah. No, go do your own thing. Yeah. You know, we'll catch up. Right. Uh, we'll catch up once I have a moment, you know. People used to always ask, like Jeff and I, how do we do long distance? I mean, for eight out of, we're going on 11 years. And I said, it's because we had our own shit. So then when we come together, we'd actually enjoy each other's company as opposed to like if I had to be home every day at five o'clock and like tend to him hand in like when I'm home, I love to take care of him. But if I have to do that every day, absolutely not. You know what I don't get? It. You know what? what I give and absolutely not to? Yeah, yeah, please. Those couples who actually have breakfast and dinner yeah. together every single day uh -huh. and call each other in the middle of the day. Yeah, well, yeah. what are you doing? But, what are you doing, Rick? What are you doing? Yeah, it's it's like, what the hell do you have to talk about? Yeah. You know, 
when my dad retired, my, I'll never forget, I was home from high school one day, and my dad had retired, and my mom was making me like an after-school snack, right? Like making a grilled cheese. And my dad's sitting at the bar in our kitchen. He's like, why are you doing that? Why are you using that cheese instead of this cheese? And my mom throws down her like spatula, and she looks up, and she goes, I've been making Heather grilled cheeses after school for like 18 years. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and then she's like, you got to go get a, you got to go find a hobby. Like get out of the house. He'd yeah. only been retired for like two weeks, and she was like, nope. Do not mess up my workflow here. Thank go. you. And they were madly in love. But she was like, you got to go. Get out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, no. I need somebody who is who is independent and definitely somebody who has a valid passport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and who's ready to, to travel. To be flexible. They're so independent in their own life that, that they can, too, not be relying on you. And then when you're like, hey, let's go. There's nothing sexier than somebody when you're like, you call them on a Wednesday. Hey, you ready to go to you know Puerto Rico on Friday? And they're like, yeah, let's make it happen. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And you know, you got to remember, I've been in the industry now for about thirty years. If I go to Paris or London, you know, I have a list of at least four or five hotels right. that I just have to go and see right. and enjoy, have a glass of wine or right. a coffee at them. So it has to be somebody who's not intimidated right. by, you know, a very high-end hotel. I have zero issues with, well, I was going to no, say- No, I have issues with the Ramada Inn. I'm just going to tell them. I was going to say that I did have an issue with, you know, with a uh, shitty hotel, but I'd be lying. I'd be lying if I said that. Yeah, let's be honest. There's, if I spend my money on one thing, it's luxury hotels and room service. And I have a thing about room service. Jeff still, it doesn't matter. We could win the, the Powerball tomorrow and he's still like, why are you going to spend money on room service? I'm like, there is nothing better to me than spending $100 on a club sandwich, getting that one glass of Chianti that's $25. You know you could go down to CVS, get the same bottle for, you know, 14 No, I want it handed to me. This is what I spend my money on. Okay, when I moved from uh-huh. California to uh, Miami, my, yep. m- my mother came yeah. uh, to actually help me drive. And by helping me drive, she meant sitting next to me while I did all the driving. Right. So I took it as a vacation, did it slowly. We stayed at two very fancy hotels in right. Los Angeles. And then as we're going through Texas, uh-huh. you know, we stayed one night on a middle-of-the-road travel yeah. lodge, yeah, you know, yeah. side-of-the-road motel. From the moment we walked in, my mother started bitching and complaining <laughs> about the room. I looked at her and said, Mother, uh-huh. you spent two nights yeah. at a nice hotel, uh-huh. and the rest of your life you have been staying yeah. at travel lodges yeah, throughout yeah. the U.S. Why are you bitching and complaining without skipping a beat? She goes, I, I guess it's nice to get used to nice things. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. She's a woman after my own heart. It's like my mom who grew up like in an episode of Shameless. And then once she got a taste of that good, good, she's literally like, oh, I'm not staying anywhere unless it's the Red Scouts. You know what I mean? Right? And there are days where I go, mom, let's pipe down. Let's stay humble. Let's not forget yeah. our roots. Yeah. You know how to be you. scrappy. But no, this woman is, you know, I mean, listen, good for her. She's 74. She should live a good life. But there are moments where like, I can, she's like triggered. She's like, we're not going back to the Ramada Inn. We're not doing it. <laughs> Never again. Jorge, when, where can suitable suitors find you? Where can they find you? How do you want them to reach out? And how can people find you at Waimara? Well, Waimara, you can just connect with us uh, yeah. via our website yeah. or reservations at Waimara Resort and Villa, yeah. uh, and Villas.com. Uh, and you can find me uh, personally on Instagram. Tell everybody your Instagram handle. It's Jorge, J O R G E. L Collazo C O L L A Z O Jorge L Collazo. 
Beautiful. So if you're an eligible man, you, you, you want a stunning Puerto Rican man. I think Jorge is one of the most handsome men I've ever met. Slide into his DMs. And also, uh, listen, just because this is our favorite place, are we still using my discount code? Can people see We need it? to. All right, I'm going to give everybody a friends and family code for Waimara because honestly, I want everybody to enjoy it as much as I do. The code's absolutely not. Come down here for a little friends and family discount and, and come down and check it out. I mean, listen, this is my home away from home. And after the pandemic, we want to keep this island as busy as possible because these are the people that we love. Yes, and keep in mind, if you are afraid for safety when it comes yeah. to the COVID, yeah, like, the Brenda, uh, like Brenda would say, uh -huh. we're very happy to say that 100% of the employees at Waimara yeah. are fully vaccinated. And here on the island, we are actually already close to 80% of the residents of the island are fully vaccinated. You guys have done such a good job. I mean, we came down last year, what, like six or seven times. Yeah. Just because it was like, you feel comfortable, you feel safe. And and this is just, to me, one of the greatest places on earth. Well, thank you so much. All right, now let's go get a glass of wine. Let's go get two. Let's do it. Y'all can find me, as always, on the Absolutely Not podcast and call into the Absolutely Not line. I'd love to hear some of your travel Absolutely Nots. 800-213-7503. I will catch you on the next episode of the Absolutely Not podcast. What the hell do I do? Arrivederci. Ciao, bella. See you later. Ciao. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate us, and leave a review. And as always, follow me on Instagram at Heather K. McMahon. See you guys soon. <laughs>